0: Bon beanie, everybody, welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. My name is Matt, and I'm Kimbra, and we are having a lot of fun.
1: Yes, indeed, we're
0: having a lot of fun. It's it is it is. uh, Thankfully, it is warm here in Florida. I am sorry uh, to all of our listeners and friends and family that are not in this little peninsula called Florida, as. Everyone else in the world seems to be frozen Well, in the United States, not in the world Seems to be frozen Hopefully that is coming to an end Though hopefully that will uh, Not maintain I think people in Texas finally got their power back I think so, yeah That's good I I hope everybody has So stay warm out there Maybe listening to this podcast will help warm you up Or your anger that we are warm and you're cold Will keep you warm and toasty
1: Yeah, let's hope that maybe it just gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) There you
0: go. There you go. That's what I like to think about. Warm, fuzzy feelings. So, um, speaking of the cold, we had more visitors from the cold this weekend.
1: Yes, I think they escaped because of the cold.
0: Well, they were supposed to be on a cruise. I know. So, they didn't just come down because it was cold. They were... They had planned to go on a cruise, the cruise got canceled, so they were like, "You know what? We're just going to go like do a tour of Florida." They basically they're, they're that's what they're doing. They're like touring. Yeah, they're
1: they're going all over. I think More they started or in Orlando and They
0: started, well, they started in Fort Lauderdale.
1: Well, yeah.
0: And then Orlando and then in, Clear water and then yeah yeah So anyway we're talking about our friends Stacy and Gina Thank you guys for hanging out with us We had a lot of fun Got to do some cool Florida stuff Got to see some dolphins eat some good food We took a little break from the diet
1: Wait 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 wait, wait. You need to pause between what you said You said we got to see some dolphins Eat some good food
0: We got to see some dolphins And eat some cool food There you go Yeah yeah, I mean the dolphins might have been eating cool food I don't know They were like right up close to us They John, were real John's close Johns Pass Which is a really neat place uh, Right in the bottom part of Madeira Beach And uh, yeah, they I don't know They were acting a little interesting Not sure what they were doing If they were eating Or they were like getting fresh or what They was slow moving And they were in that area for like the whole day we mm-hmm. were there
1: One of them like slapped their tail on the water yeah. That was fun
0: Yeah so there you go. So we had, a good, we had a good time. We had a nice time. And um, what else we got?
1: Um, we have an
0: email. We do have an email. And that email is from our friend Andrew.
1: Yes. And let, me, let
0: me just stop right there. Okay, Andrew, thank you for sending the email. We're going to get into that in a minute. But I know that Mallory, which is Andrew's other half, is currently in Florida right now. Yes. Well, Andrew is stuck in the cold of Wisconsin.
1: Well, I mean, it's her bachelorette party.
0: Whatever. Like, that's an excuse.
1: Also, where was my invite? Oh, oh. Just just throwing that out there. (laughs) Was it a bachelorette party? Yeah. Or just her and her friend hanging? No,
0: it was a bachelorette party. Oh, well, you know, you're just not... You're just not in there yet. I mean, You're
1: getting there. I, I, You're getting there. I guess I get it. I mean, you know, we only swim with manatees and dove Rainbow wow. River together. Mallory, it's fine. Mallory,
0: she's just teasing you. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope you have fun. And Andrew, I hope you get to have fun for your bachelor party. Absolutely. So um, what's this email we got from Andrew?
1: Oh, well, Andrew says, you might have talked about this a little in a previous episode, but I can't remember. And it fascinates me. Peacock flounders, cuttlefish, octopus, and chameleons can all change color. Do they use the same mechanism to do this? Do any of them share a common ancestor, or has this trait evolved multiple times?
0: That is a great question. And
1: now, only a question Andrew would ask.
0: That is pretty much only a question Andrew would ask. And, and Andrew, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't just hear the question for the first time now. I did have to research this because I didn't know the answer off the top of my head, I had a guess, and my guess I think is mostly correct, but um, but I, I, I really had nothing but a guess. So I did a little research to make make sure I kind of was on the right track. And so so here's what it is. So all these animals that you that you mentioned, they use a mechanism that science calls chromatophores, which are basically skin changing uh, skin pigment changing skin cells more or less that's like a simple version of it now they're not all exactly the same there's some chemistry differences but they're very very similar some of them though like in lizards and cephalopods have the ability to change very quickly there are other animals like different amphibians and things that change color but do it very gradually Uh, some of these animals change color they change color for different reasons so some animals will change colors if they're, if they're an animal like a reptile, they may change colors to absorb more heat or to not absorb more heat. They might change colors in some cases for camouflage, although that's not usually why animals change colors with the exception of like cephalopods and flounders, but like reptiles mostly do it for temperature or they might do it for communication. So there's, there's a lot of, and that's, I'm, I'm sure there's more reasons than that why these animals change color, but, uh, in the very basic sense of the word, they all use what we call chromatophores, but they're, they're not exactly the same. And uh, they do not share a common ancestor that had this trait. So what that means is that we think that all of these animals or I mean, not all of them, like squids and, and cuttlefish probably evolved this trait from a similar ancestor, but the peacock flounder and the chameleon and the octopus did not. So as far as we know, that is not the case. It was a case of what we call convergent evolution. So convergent evolution is when different species evolve similar characteristics separately. And, and this can happen with remarkable similarity. Like, for example, a good, a good example, I guess, would be the emerald tree boa. And the green tree python Now the green tree python is in Australia I think in New Guinea a little bit Amazon tree boas in South America Obviously like the name implies They look almost identical One is a python, one is a boa Which means one's an egg layer One's a live bear Python is an egg layer uh, They have different numbers of heat pits and Things like that But they look remarkable, this, remarkably similar And their offspring are even Different colors when they're born which is not Normal for snakes to the for the most Part maybe they get different patterns and stuff But they're like when they're born They're like bright yellows and reds And oranges and then As they grow up they all Turn this beautiful green Color and This actually these these two Species evolved separately Like that that part of Them evolved separately so it's just Convergent evolution instead of Homology which is uh, when animals may evolve kind of, uh, similar things from, from a similar, uh, background. So for example, if you look at a manatee flipper and you look at the bones inside, they have all the same bones that, uh, pretty much almost every other mammal has in their hand. So this is what we call homology. It evolved from a, from a, common ancestor. So the dolphin flipper, the manatee flipper, the dog front paw, they all have very similar or the same number of bones, same arrangement. Sometimes, you know, there's differences in size and and things like that. But anyway, that's a great question. And uh, I'm not 100% sure that I have that down completely, but that is what I found from my research. And to me, that makes sense. I mean, a cephalopod and a reptile and a fish are all very, very different animals in the in the evolution of, of living things. And so um, it would be weird if they all evolved chromatophores from a ancestor further back because it's such a specific characteristic that, you know, like in the case of reptiles, not all reptiles even have chromatophores. So anyway, thanks for the email, Andrew. That was a great question. And it got me... Thinking and actually got me to learn Something new so uh, Yeah there you go Cool there you go everybody Else that just was like You can come back Now we're going to come back to the (laughs) the Simpler science and actually Science is what this episode is all about Because we were trying to figure Out what do we want to talk about this week And I know that we Had people asking us about The sea turtles in Texas And um, you know there was some posts on on the Facebook group Fantastic Cruising, over cruising community over on Facebook, and so we know this is on a lot of people's minds, thinking about all these sea turtles right now that got quote unquote cold stunned. So we decided that instead of doing an episode about cruising with a cruise creature, we were going to really focus this episode on a cruise creature, and the cruise creature is sea turtles. Now we've done some sea turtles as Cruise creatures before we've done I believe the green sea turtle And the uh, Leatherback sea turtle yep. so In this episode we're going to go Over the Seven species of sea turtle that Are currently recognized that are that are um, extant, which means they're living Today and there is some Some talk that there could be More than seven genetically and stuff But that most scientists Say there's definitely seven right now So, you know, that number could change But we're going to focus on the ones That we would find in this part of the world But we'll mention all seven of them And get into a little bit of of information about sea turtles We're going to talk about the ones that were cold stunned What does that mean? Why did it happen? What's going to happen to these turtles? What did happen to these turtles? We're going to talk about some other threats That sea turtles face We're going to talk about what you can do To help sea turtles and, uh, and just some fun sea turtle information. Cool. 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 So to get started, let's just kind of go over the sea turtle species. So uh, I know we've got this cool infographic that we found on the worldwildlife.org page. And uh, it gives it gives the seven species. It gives their scientific name. It gives their status as far as if they're threatened, endangered, that sort of thing. It tells us how big they get and what their main diet is. So, Kimbra. Yeah. Since I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of talking in this episode, and I want to make sure to, you know, involve you in it (laughs) as much as we can. I'm going to let you kind of go over this chart, and then we'll talk about the different species. And let's start with... Let's start with the... uh, Let's do this. Let's name them all. Just give the names of the sea turtles, and then let's see if we can figure out which ones are not in Florida, which should be easy because it looks like it's color-coded. No, it's not color-coded. Not for that. Okay, so what do we got?
1: So we have the Leatherback, the Loggerhead, the Green, the Flatback, the Hawksbill, the Kemp's Ridley, and the Olive Ridley.
0: You got it So these are the seven These are the, you know, the savage seven As they say, nobody (laughs) says that Five of those sea turtles Can be found in Florida waters And throughout the Caribbean And uh, really, for the most part We only have three of them that nest in Florida There are occasionally exceptions to that When we get the other two that nest in Florida. But for the most part, um, there's just three. And in this area where we live, in the Tampa area, there's really only two normally that nest here. Like like I said, there's there's always the occasional outlier there. But um, So do you know, Kimbra, which of these seven sea turtles are not Caribbean sea turtles?
1: Which of them are not? Which
0: of them, which of them two of them are not. But which, are the, which two are they? And if you're listening out there, it was Leatherback, Lockerhead, Green, Flatback, Hawksbill, Kemp's Ridley, Olive Ridley. So you can play along and uh, see if you know. Which two sea turtle species are not found in, uh, in the Caribbean?
1: I'm going to say the Flatback and the Olive Ridley.
0: Oh, that's correct. Good yeah,
1: job. <laughs> I actually knew that.
0: You, I figured you did. I figured you knew that. So those are the two that you can't find here. Both of those species are on the other side of the world, so if you're in Australia, you're going to have, I believe, both of those. Um, one of those, they have pretty limited ranges on those guys. But um, the olive Ridley very similar to the Kemp's Ridley, and the flatback's a little bit like a green sea turtle, but not quite the same. And so anyway, those those are those are the sea turtles. So let's now how do how do you want to do this? What which one should we talk about first of our five, the big five?
1: Um do you wanna start with the biggest? I don't Or care. do you want to start with the smallest? It's
0: ladies' choice. Oh. Because lady sea turtles are very important, so ladies <laughs> choice.
1: Let's uh let's start with the smallest. Okay.
0: Which one is the smallest?
1: That would be the Kim's Ridley.
0: That's correct.
1: And how big do they get? Uh twenty four to twenty eight inches.
0: Aw. Now yeah. we have a Kim's Ridley where we work. Named Ludwig
1: Yes, I love Ludwig
0: And Kemp's Ridleys are really, really interesting turtles They are, what's their status?
1: Critically endangered They
0: are the most endangered of the seven sea turtle species They are the most endangered And the reason they are the most endangered Is because they just refuse to follow rules No, that's not true It's because they have a very limited range And they have some really strange... Behaviors that don't bode well for their survival Such as? Well, uh, they nest almost exclusively in Mexico And that's not in and of itself a problem The problem is that they are a sea turtle That unlike other sea turtles They nest during the day So most sea turtles Most sea turtles only come out on land When they are females that are coming up to lay their eggs There is an exception to that, which we'll talk about in a little bit But the Kemp's Ridley's, they come out at the same time So whereas a leatherback is going to come out by itself at night Nobody's around, it's safe These guys, they come out all at the same time And they come out during the day where everybody can see them And, you know, for thousands or millions of years This was probably an advantage Because, you know, there weren't There weren't animals out there that were smart enough to go look at this harvest and go and and get all these sea turtle eggs right there. In fact, it might have been an advantage because there were so many that maybe they had, you know, safety in numbers sort of thing going on. But now what's happened is, of course... People have historically eaten sea turtles and sea turtle eggs, and so if you come out during the day all at the same time, it makes it really easy for people to get you and, uh, and get your eggs. So this is a problem.
1: Sounds like a problem.
0: It's a problem. Now, the, there's a cool word for when this cancer at least come out during the day, and it is A Aribida. 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 And that that is the term for all the turtles coming out during the day, laying their eggs. Now they are a protected species, and uh, so hopefully, you know, in Mexico, this is not a, currently as much of a problem. However, one of the threats to sea turtles is people poaching their eggs, so it still does happen in some parts of the world. Hopefully, in Mexico, this is not as much of a problem anymore. But they need they need that uh, they need that protection. They need people to protect them when they are um, hatching now. We were gonna talk about that excursion in Cozumel, right?
1: Do you wanna talk about that right now?
0: I well, I think that I think that excursion um, focuses a lot on Kemp's Ridley Sea Turtle. So I think this would be a good time to talk about that. This is a really cool excursion you can do if you go to Cozumel at the right time of the year. I think they may offer it year round, but there's probably different roles you would play and some parts of the year it would probably be cooler than others. But what is what is the excursion called?
1: Um, the excursion is called Save a Sea Turtle Experience. Okay. It's only available July through early November.
0: Okay, so it is limited. Now, July through early November is going to be the time when these sea turtles are uh, hatching. Maybe nesting, but probably mostly hatching. Because sea turtles in this part of the world typically will come out in the spring. That's when they're laying their eggs. Into the early summer, and uh, maybe even a little bit midsummer, depending on the species and the location. And then their babies hatch into the fall, in, depending on the on the different species. So, so what happens in the, on this excursion?
1: So basically, this excursion is going to this the nest, and so only about eighty percent of the hatched sea turtles baby baby sea turtles make it out of the nest so on this excursion you're going to these nests and kind of digging up to find any of the sea turtles that didn't make it out and helping them on their way to the water.
0: okay now here's one of the problems sea turtles face and this is the most under normal circumstances without other somewhat natural but and then human threats the biggest challenge for the sea turtle is, hatching out of the egg and then making it to the water. That's a huge time of, of dread because there are all kinds of predators that are going to pick off these little baby sea turtles as they're making their way to the water. And so if you have a sea turtle nest of 50, 60, 70, 80 eggs, depending on the species, uh, probably about 10% or less are going to survive under under normal, ideal conditions. Now, normally you know, that's how nature works. That's why they have so many eggs so that, you know, there's some of them, a few of them survive, they get old enough to spread their genes. But when a species is critically endangered, we have to kind of rig the game a little bit. We need to change the odds. So one of the ways we do that is by getting higher percentages of baby sea turtles to the water. And so that would be an example of that.
1: Cool. I'd like to do this excursion. It'd
0: be pretty cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's neat, like, because not only are you having fun and getting to potentially handle baby sea turtles legally, yeah, which is the only way you should do that, but you are making a huge difference. and and you know, people are learning about sea turtles, so I'm sure they're teaching them other things that we as humans can do and hopefully encourage our fellow humans to do to increase the odds of sea turtles surviving in the wild. So what a cool thing.
1: Yeah. Very, very cool. Cool.
0: Now, what do the Kemp's Ridley sea turtles like to have for dinner?
1: They like to eat crabs and other crustaceans and mollusks.
0: So for those of you out there that don't know, I mean, you all know what crabs are, but crustaceans are what? Crabs are crustaceans. Yeah. Uh, But crabs is like the main thing they eat. But what are some other crustaceans? Do you know some other crustaceans? You had some for lunch today. Shrimp. There yeah. you go. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> shrimp. Crabs, shrimp, things like that. And then what about mollusks? Do you know what they mean by mollusks?
1: I, if you say it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard the term mollusk, and I've I've heard uh, examples of them. But So
0: gastropods, bivalves, cephalopods. Right, cepalopods. so like
1: clams and mussels and
0: stuff like Sna- snails, that. snails. Yeah. yeah they're probably not eating too many squid or octopus they you know if they can find one they might especially an octopus if they can catch it but uh but yeah a lot of a lot of snails and stuff like you I've seen a lot of x-rays of these turtles and their stomach contents there's usually a lot of snails in there so yeah so that is the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle and uh one of the most amazing sea turtles if we're gonna go bigger go bigger, go home What's the next largest sea turtle rocking in the Caribbean?
1: The Hawksbill.
0: And this is a sea turtle I have seen in the wild. I've never seen a Kemp's Ridley sea turtle in the wild. In fact, I think the only one I've ever seen is the one at the aquarium. I don't think it's I've seen n- it. Not
1: anywhere else? Do they have them at SeaWorld? I
0: mean, they, I'm sure they have them at other facilities, but I just... Well, I probably they probably.
1: I bet they have some at SeaWorld.
0: I, well, and and I bet I've seen them at like Moat Marine Aquarium yeah. or one of these other one of these sea turtle rescue places yeah. or something like that. So the Hawksbill sea turtle, though, I've seen those. Mm, almost, it may be tied with the most. No, they're now they're the second one because we saw a lot of of another species and that put that species ahead yeah. of the Hawksbill. But I've seen several Hawksbills. While scuba diving, and um, and they're beautiful turtles. They get the name Hawksbill because their beak is kind of more narrow and pointy, and uh, and that has to do with their diet. So let's before we get into how big they get and stuff. What what is the diet of the Hawksbill sea turtle?
1: They eat sponges and sea anemones.
0: Yeah, so they are they are usually on the coral reefs, which is why. I probably see them scuba diving. Well, they're not scuba diving. I'm scuba diving, and they that little skinny hawk-like bill can get into cracks and crevices and pull out sponges and uh, sea anemones and things that are wedged in there. So they're you know they're really adapted to that, which is pretty cool. How big do these guys get? Uh, Thirty to thirty-five inches. So you know we're going from like two feet to almost three feet. So this is a much Larger looking turtle, really, the hawksbill. Although I will say the ones that I've seen, and it may be because of the depth and stuff that I've seen them, were on the smaller side of that. They were probably like two feet or so. Maybe a little, yeah, probably about two feet. Three Uh, feet, maybe.
1: I've never seen a hawksbill.
0: Not not three feet, maybe maybe a little over two feet. I don't know. You've never seen a hawksbill? No, you've only seen one species, right? Yeah, I mean, in the
1: wild, I've seen... Others like in aquariums. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a hawksbill. I'm sure somewhere. I think hawksbills are like really cool looking.
0: They they are. So their shell has that sort of tortoise look to it. Now tortoise shell, like you know, when you. Not, I'm not talking about a tortoise's shell, but that tortoise shell is like like, like a you get on your glasses. Yeah, exactly Yeah, exactly. So that is what their shells look like. Most sea turtles don't have that on there i mean none of them have that exact on there but uh, like the kent's ridley shell is fairly plain
1: mm-hmm.
0: overall but yeah hawksbills have these beautiful patterned shells and they also have very jagged edges yeah. on, the, on the back end of their shell so. very
1: distinguishable i think yeah. they're they're just really cool looking
0: one of the easier sea turtles to identify which by the way the way that you can identify sea turtles besides looking at like head shape overall size is by counting the number of scales on their shell. So they've got rows of scales going down their shell. And so some species have different numbers. There's also things like looking at the scales on their head and how those break down. So there's there's all these little ways to tell them apart. But really, there's only seven. So if you've looked at enough of them, you just look at it and go, oh, that's, that's a hawk's bill. That's a That's a Kemp's Ridley. Now the Kemp's and the olive... Could be a little challenging to tell apart, but you know where are you at? If you're in the Caribbean, it's not an olive ridley, so there you go.
1: Process of elim- elimination. Right,
0: right. All right, who's next up then? Um, up the turtle well, we chain. We didn't
1: talk about the status. You oh, know you're, about right, that? you're right. No, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. So their status is also critically endangered.
0: Yeah, critically endangered species. Um, they used to nest in Florida. They don't nest in Florida anymore, except on rare occasions. But, like I said, I have seen them in the Caribbean. So sea turtles are one of these animals that, even though they're critically endangered, if they're in an area where they're protected, sometimes you will see a decent population. But that can be misleading as to their overall health of the population. So they are definitely ones that need a lot of help. And one of the big reasons that the hawksbill turtle is endangered, is because of that beautiful shell. And unfortunately, they have historically been harvested for that shell, even though that would be illegal in probably all of their range now if they were just harvested in the wild. But it still happens in the illegal, you know, black market.
1: Yeah, that actually makes me think of um, when I went to Grand Cayman. I I have seen a hawksbill sea turtle, but not in the wild.
0: Did they have them at the turtle farm, I, th- I
1: think they did. And I think that only because our guide was taking us around and he specifically mentioned, he was he was like, oh yeah, these turtles you know, were taken for their shells to make jewelry and stuff. And then he looked at me and he said, wouldn't you really like uh, a, some earrings or a necklace no, with this? No. And I looked at him and I was like, <laughs> you are asking the wrong person. <laughs> no, no, I think that belongs on the turtle.
0: Yeah, I mean we've talked about that farm before, and it's 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 a touchy subject. I know a lot of people are, are offended by it. Um, the The big picture is that they are breeding these turtles, and they are releasing more into the wild than they are consuming. They're not consuming. I don't know if they're consuming hawksbills, but they're not consuming um, the Kemp's ridleys that they're working with. So they're they, You can like them or hate them, but they are, overall, they are helping the sea turtle population. That's just the facts. So, uh, it's the same way that a lot of crocodilians have been saved. Um, You know, you can like it or not like it, but the reality is, maybe there's better ways to do it, but they are helping, so... I don't know. That's that's kind of how I look at things. I look at the overall picture of it. And even though I don't want to eat sea turtle, I don't want sea turtle products. I would not. I would refuse them. Um, hey, if 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 that's what it takes to save them, then you know, whatever. I guess. I don't know. It's it's tough. Yeah. All right, moving on.
1: Moving on. The green sea turtle.
0: This is a sea turtle that you and I have both seen more than any other species of sea turtle. Yes. And how big do these guys get?
1: They get 31 to 47 inches. Pretty
0: big. Yeah. Pretty big sea turtle. And I have seen some big green sea turtles and I've seen some small green sea turtles. We saw both
1: a pretty good size one and a small one. In the
0: Keys? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. They are what? They are... They are endangered. Yeah, so they the green sea turtle has one of the largest ranges of sea turtles. And so their population is is in different states dramatically in different parts of their range. So in some places, they're doing pretty good. In other places, they're not doing very well at all. So this, this is why, you know, it can be a little weird. You may go someplace and see a bunch of green sea turtles and think, what's the problem? Why are they endangered? Well, you have to look at the overall population and where they live and what their population should be to in their balance of the ecosystem and stuff like that So they are classified as an endangered species And, uh, and what do they eat?
1: They eat seagrass
0: now, now some of these sea turtles, just because we're saying green sea turtles eat seagrass Doesn't mean they, they never eat anything else But this is their primary staple They are seagrass eaters And if you look at their jaws, their jaws are basically like scissors so they have adapted jaws that are made for cutting, so they're really good at cutting so when they're eating the seagrass, they can just cut the blades of seagrass and just swallow it which they eat so much seagrass by the way that uh, that that's how they get their name green sea turtle. do you know about the green sea turtle name?
1: yeah, I do it's right. uh, they're they're green duh
0: they're not green
1: I know I know, I know. tell
0: tell the people their insides why called... are green yeah. They have green fat. Yes, green fat. Yeah. I probably have green fat. No, I probably don't. I need that. You
1: don't need any salad.
0: (laughs) I probably have red fat from all the hot sauce. I think human fat's usually yellow. From all the mustard we eat? I don't know why. It's just like when you see. From all the fried foods? Have you ever seen? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Have you ever seen like pictures of human adipose? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yellow. It's gross. It is gross. Yeah, it's. it's I think of
1: like when I look at mayonnaise, I think about that. I mean, I know mayonnaise is like white, White. but it's kind of a yellowish tint of white. Like Um, it's not white, white. It's
0: not. If your mayonnaise is yellow, you probably shouldn't eat it. It's not like
1: yellow, yellow, but it's it's not like pure white. It's off white, which means it's on the yellow side of white. Yeah. Okay. All right. Whatever. Um. I don't eat it, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Now, the green sea turtle is interesting because there's some scientists that think that there should, that it should be broken into separate species or subspecies. And that, that science is not settled yet. So there's, there's still investigation into that. And, uh, you know, it could it could change. Right now, it is usually accepted that it's one species, but there is a lot of strong evidence that there could be subspecies or maybe even justification for separate species. Because, again, they have a really, really large range. So when, you know, an animal is in a large range, if it is separated from part of its population, separated from another part for a long enough time, sometimes they will... Change Evolve enough that they will Technically become a separate Species or subspecies Which would be not quite as different But here's what's interesting In Hawaii They there are male Green sea turtles That come out of the water And bask
1: Why is that weird?
0: Because other sea turtles for For years I have heard that only Female sea turtles come out of the water to lay their eggs. That's it. Like, sea turtles are out of the water, one, when they hatch out of the egg, and two, if they're mama sea turtles and they come back, and usually they come back to the same beach that they hatch from, by the way, and that's it. But it turns out there are male green sea turtles going onto land in Hawaii. Well,
1: that's kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah.
0: And we don't really understand what is causing that. Like... So well, we think that it's because they're they're basking to you know like a lot of reptiles do, to get heat to charge their bodies, but we don't really understand why it's just happening in Hawaii. And there's some theories out there. Well, there's some hypotheses. There's no theory yet, but uh, but we don't really know. It's it's a mystery that needs to be solved. But it's a fascinating one. And and ha- have they been doing that for their whole existence? Is it something that's Happened in more recent years like we don't know That's that's the fun thing about science is we still Are learning about all Of our natural world so
1: maybe they just Want to enjoy a little island life
0: Maybe they do I don't know I don't know but that's pretty cool so Green sea turtles are Unique in that sense and uh, Not green on the outside they're Green on the inside Cool all right who's next The loggerhead Loggerhead sea turtles And how big do these guys get? 33 to
1: 49 inches. So they're not
0: that much bigger than the green sea turtle.
1: Almost the same.
0: Almost the same. What are they eating?
1: Uh, Clams and sea urchins.
0: Yep. So they are, and I mean, they will eat other things. They'll eat crabs. They'll eat things like that. But they are really specialized in eating uh, clams and, uh, and, and things basically that they have to smash. So they get the name Loggerhead for a really good reason. If you look at a green sea turtle, let's say you got a 47-inch green sea turtle and you've got a 47-inch Loggerhead sea turtle. Let's say they're the same size. Okay? The green sea turtle's head is going to be mm, about the size of, let's say, uh, a softball. That's a skull size, roughly. Maybe, probably not even quite that big. Maybe a little bit smaller than a softball. Maybe you're somewhere in that range. Okay, the loggerhead, which is, keep in mind, this is the same size turtle. Its head is going to be more like the size of closer to like a, a soccer ball or a bowling ball or something like that. So this is a much larger, prominent head. And there's a reason for that. These guys are eating clams and things that they need to crush. Now remember, we talked about the the Kemp's Ridley eating crabs and mollusks, but they're they're going to pick on probably smaller snails and things like that. Whereas our loggerhead, they're able to really smash things. So their jaws are big, strong, thick, and flat. And it just it looks like uh, you know my dad's a was was a pharmacist, retired pharmacist. So looks like that mortar and pestle mm. that you know. Yeah. Like, imagine just crushing. So, yeah.
1: I wish you all could have seen him doing that.
0: Crushing. Well, we you know, when I started at the aquarium, we had a loggerhead sea turtle named Arnold.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: Arnold. And uh, we actually traded that with Disney, and we got Ludwig.
1: I love Ludwig. Ludwig
0: is the Kemp's Ridley. So, we traded... A, now, we have a loggerhead now. We
1: do. His name is Sheldon.
0: And Sheldon is at our aquarium because... He had gotten, we think, tangled up in fishing line around his neck. So he's got like, if you look at him, he's got like a real skinny spot on his neck. He has a problem swallowing big chunks of food. So he would probably not survive in the wild. And that is another thing that can be very dangerous for sea turtles is trash in the wild. Now, things like they call, they call it ghost gear or uh, I think that's what they call it, ghost gear. Like old fishing gear, nets, fishing line that gets broken off and abandoned. Sea animals like sea turtles get tangled up in this stuff. And it can cause a lot of problems. Also, uh, eating you know things that may look like a snail or something and they eat it. And it's plastic and it causes lots of problems. So and we'll talk a little bit more about that with the next species. But this is another major issue for these turtles now fortunately what is the status of the loggerhead sea turtle
1: vulnerable
0: and that's not great but it's a lot better than critically endangered so loggerhead sea turtles are doing okay i have seen um just one loggerhead sea turtle while out in the wild and that one was actually in the gulf of mexico when i was diving off the coast of where we live so cool that's pretty neat it's a big one too hanging out at one of the barges that are underwater
1: i want to see all the turtles
0: i know right right so we've got one left and what is that one
1: the leatherback
0: this is the biggest one this is a big jump so remember we started at like 28 inches the Kemp's ridley gets up to 28 inches and now we're only up to 49 inches which is i mean that's bigger but what is the leatherback going to get to
1: 55 to 63 inches.
0: That's This is a big turtle. It's
1: like a five-foot turtle. Yeah,
0: and, and honestly, um, I don't know. I think these sizes are just their shell sizes. I
1: think so, too.
0: Because I know that the leatherbacks have been measured at, at uh, six, and some people will even say seven feet. So all these measurements we're giving you are shell size from the right behind the head. To the to the back of the shell and the reason that you measure a sea turtle this way is because they they can't stick their heads in their shells like some turtles can But they do have a little bit of ability to move their heads backwards and forwards and their tails stick them out or in So to get a more accurate measurement Scientists will just measure the shell because that's all bone in most of these turtles and even the leatherback which isn't As bony there's still bones in there turtle shells have vertebrae they have ribs And in most species, they have the bony plates. So they can't they can't change the size of that. So that there you go. But, yeah, this is a large, large sea turtle and also the most open ocean species of sea turtle. Pelagic. Very pelagic. Look look at you, pelagic. And um, do you know what the opposite of? Well, I mean, there's other terms, but pelagic is open ocean. You know, the, the animals that live like on the bottom. We coin. we
1: talked about that a couple episodes ago.
0: I but do you remember what no. it was? No. <laughs> What's it start with? B B, B. rhymes with um benthic.
1: <laughs>
0: benthic. You got it. There you go. <laughs> so what are these what do these leatherback sea turtles eat? People. Yes. No. 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 Well, obviously they eat something that makes them really big. Right? I mean, this is a very large turtle. They, they don't normally get up to over 1,000 pounds, but they can. They can weigh over 1,000 pounds.
1: So they eat jellyfish.
0: Yes. They eat jellyfish and Portuguese man o' war which are not jellyfish, If for those of you being super technical. But they, that's what they eat. So when you are a 6-foot turtle... That eats nothing but jellyfish, which are mostly water. You gotta eat a lot of them. So it's all just water weight. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> now, uh, here's the thing, though. We're talking about all these. All these sea turtles have very specialized, adapted jaws and skulls for their diet. It's something that's really interesting to talk about. I think with sea turtles, and there's no exception here. The leatherback sea turtle has the the same size skull. As like a big loggerhead sea turtle So like a full size leatherback its head's going to be Pretty comparable to A full size loggerhead But the turtle's going to be Quite a bit bigger But the jaw on this turtle Is the flimsiest by far Of all the sea turtles And if you look and google this Look at the inside of a leatherback's mouth Have you ever seen the inside of a leatherback's mouth?
1: I feel like I have, but it I is can't weird. tell you that I remember it.
0: It is. Just look it up. You would probably remember it if you saw it. Really flimsy jaw because you don't need strong jaws to eat a jellyfish. It's just not a requirement.
1: Oh, that's right. It's got like, looks like a bunch of little spikies.
0: Yeah. Google this. Look up weatherback sea turtle mouth. mouth. Yeah. And you will see. It. And this this helps them in eating the jellyfish. And sometimes people go, well, how can they eat a jellyfish? Don't they get stung? Well, no, I mean, cause they have thick skin. They're just, they're just immune or impervious to the stinging cells on the jellies and the Portuguese man of war. So they're able to consume these. No problem. But a big problem they do have is that plastic bags look a lot like jellyfish, a lot like jellyfish. And so, uh, One of the biggest threats to all sea turtles, but especially leatherback sea turtles, is when our plastic bags end up in the water, which happens so often, they will, we think what's happening is they are mistaking the plastic bag for a jellyfish, eating the jellyfish or eating the plastic bag, and then it gets, gets bound up in their digestive system. They can't, they can't pass it and they end up perishing from that. So it's terrible Now one of the other problems is All these sea turtles we've mentioned so far There are a lot of organizations that Do a lot of sea turtle rescue And rehabilitation including the aquarium where we work But um, Leatherbacks are Are not a sea turtle that is That are easily rehabilitated Like I've never seen a leatherback sea turtle At all Period
1: N- Never a baby? Nope We've had them at the aquarium before
0: Leatherbacks? Yeah
1: there I, was um, when I first started. They got I think like three or four baby sea turtles, and one of them was a leatherback.
0: Really? Yeah. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, they it was like a a meeting or what was it? What a, an all staff meeting, and they they had brought them up. And no,
0: there were no leatherbacks. They, I'm they pretty were, sure There were loggerheads, and they were greens. I'm pretty sure there. one of them was. I a leatherback. would I would remember if it was a leatherback.
1: You want me to go get my phone and find the picture?
0: Yes but not right this second. Okay. All right, so we'll we'll <laughs> figure that out, but and, and if it was, I'm going to be really aggravated because I didn't see that. I saw those baby turtles, I think I would have reckoned. I don't know. Anyway, they're they're not commonly rescued because they're just not rescueable. They're more open water. They get the name leatherback. They don't have that hard, bony exterior on their shell or their. I mean, it's it's leathery, like a soft shell turtle or something like that. And they're heavy. They just don't If they run into problems where we even find them, they just don't do well. So they are one of the trickier ones. They are listed as vulnerable. Uh, They have the largest range, I believe, of any of the sea turtles. So uh, they are practically worldwide. The thing is, though, sea turtles cannot go too far north or too far south because they are very vulnerable to cold weather. They're reptiles, after all. So they are limited by the temperatures that they're swimming in and even though they're more tolerant than a lot of reptiles would be of colder temperatures they still they still have to stay warm which is kind of leads us to what has happened recently which is why we decided to go with this topic which which is all these sea turtles in Texas of course we had this terrible winter storm that kind of came unexpectedly it's a s- historic storm super cold Temperatures in Texas as well as other parts of the country But really Texas are the ones who are like, Whoa, what is this? And uh, and that doesn't just affect humans Who it did affect very much Losing power and, you know, there were Unfortunately there were some human lives that were lost Very sad, very tragic And sea turtles were just another part of this tragedy So we've seen some numbers up to what did, what did you say 7000
1: 7000
0: 7000 sea turtles suffering from what is called being cold stunned and and cold stunned is is one of the things that happens to sea turtles and when it, this occurs when the temperature drops usually this occurs when the temperature drops suddenly on them and they would normally it would happen slower i mean water temperature doesn't drop as fast as air temperature and so the turtles move Away from that, further south And they get into the warmer water But if we get a really quick cold snap And this happens every year But usually it happens more on the east coast uh, Then some sea turtles will get what is called cold stun Which basically means for a reptile When the temperatures drop What happens with reptiles is if they're terrestrial And they live in northern parts of the world Or southern parts of the world They'll go into something called brumation where their body just kind of shuts down and they'll usually bury themselves underground or something like that. Well, you can't do that if you're a sea turtle, right? So their bodies slow down, everything shuts down. They, they're kind of like paralyzed and they typically float because they are buoyant animals. And then if they are lucky, they are found by humans. If they are unlucky, then they will Drowned or they'll get hit by Boats and things like that like normally Sea turtles do a fairly decent job Of avoiding getting hit by boats Unless it's like a really busy boat Place or something but um, But not if they're stunned at the top So so that's what Happened so in Just what one part of Texas It was almost 5,000 Sea turtles yeah and A lot of them are green sea turtles but There's been other species as well some of Them are Kemp's Ridley sea turtles, and did you say somewhere there were some other species? I think Hawksbill. Hawksbills.
1: I can find it again. It would make
0: sense because that's that same area. So fortunately, humans, despite all the struggles that humans were having, there was a whole army of humans that stepped up to kind of help with this. Tony Dials actually posted this story:
1: Green loggerhead and Kemp's Ridley.
0: Green loggerhead and Kemp's Ridley. Okay. he posted this on the Fantastic Cruising Community. It's where I saw it first. Like, um,
1: Is he the first one that posted it? He's the
0: first one I saw okay. posted about it. Because he was even like, he was like, this is amazing. Unless Matt says that it was well, bad for the turtles I, I think, and that it was terrible. But Actually, it, I think, it wasn't Gen- I think
1: Jennifer posted it first.
0: Well, she posted about the sea turtles getting cold stunned. Tony posted about that people rescuing the sea turtles okay. by, like, putting them in, in their the back car. of cars okay. and minivans and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, essentially, the way that you rescue a cold, stunned turtle is you heat them up. So, you take them, you put them in, in a warm environment, and then when the ocean waters warm up, you can release them. And normally, this is all it takes. So, fortunately, if there's something that's going to happen to sea turtles that is negative – this is one of the better case scenarios. It's not always great. Well, I mean, it's not great ever, but it's not always the best scenario because these turtles can get pneumonia. They get more susceptible to bacterial infections. Uh, like I said, they can get hit by boats. So there are a, there's a lot that can still go wrong. This is not a good thing that so many turtles were taken off guard by this. But um, it's a lot easier to cure a turtle on the average Of cold stun than it is to Fix one that's had a Ligature 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 Not ligature (laughs) Ligature is what you read If you're a liger I don't know But uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway They you know Strangled with um, Fishing line It's easier To fix them Yeah So I don't know How many of these turtles Are going to survive I am Optimistic That a lot of them will because of the amount of effort that went into it, this was a herculean effort. Um, and what was the name of the the facility? The Sea Turtle Inc. Sea Turtle Inc. Uh, you can probably go to their website and find out more. You know, there's a lot of different sea turtle rescue facilities. If you want to help sea turtles, one thing you can do is support them financially or you know, just go to their website, find out how you can support them. You can volunteer if you live in an area with sea turtles. Sea Turtle Link really stepped up, and they got a lot of a lot of people involved. And hopefully, I, I did read that a lot of these turtles were released today. Today being the twentieth, and uh, hopefully, a good majority of these turtles will survive. But, but tragic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's hard to see.
0: It is. It's rough, and I mean, you know, obviously, I I put a lot of value on human life, and you know, I, I want people to be rescued and everything first. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm an animal person, so. I mean, that's uh, a lot of seed turtles. It's a lot. Of, it's a huge dent in the population, and uh, you know, if, if we need, if we can find ways to help both, which mostly happened here then that's, a, that's a, the best case scenario, I guess you could say. So, so yeah. So that's, that's sea turtles. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit more about sea turtles in general and also what you could do to help sea turtles. So sea turtles in general, um, we talked about they come onto the beach to lay their eggs. There are some other things that I just wanted to go over. Like, for example, they are reptiles, so they have lungs. So they can hold their breath for a long, long time. Uh, on average, they'll hold their breath from anywhere from about five to forty minutes if they're active. If they're sleeping, and yes, they sleep, they can stay underwater for like hours, maybe six, seven hours at a time. Huh. The deepest divers are the leatherbacks, but they don't, you know, they don't always dive that deep. But they can; they can dive pretty deep. Um, really amazing animals. Trying to think if there's anything else we should say about sea turtles. They don't have any teeth. They have a beak. We've talked about their specialized beaks, but that is made of usually keratin, like fingernails, like their scales are, and like our skin and hair is made of. Um, Some of the other threats we didn't talk about for sea turtles is coastal development. So sea turtles will typically go back to the same beach that they hatched from, and they will lay their eggs there. So if if somebody comes along and builds a, I don't know, like a, a sea park or a condo complex or whatever, a big a hotel, uh, that can be devastating. The sea turtles, there are a lot of efforts to protect sea turtle nests. What What happens is basically usually you get volunteers and during the time, during the months when sea turtles are nesting, they will go and they will... Walk the beaches in the evening and the wee hours of the morning And even if you don't see the sea turtle Laying the eggs, you'll see the tracks Going up to where they laid the eggs And um, you can identify The species based on the tracks So different species have different tracks And then what we'll do is we'll stake The nest off so that people don't come You know, the next day and put their Beach umbrella right into into the Nest of sea turtles And also to make sure nobody can dig them up You know, you don't park your truck on there if you have a beach that allows that, that sort of thing. And then we kind of get a rough idea of when the sea turtle eggs were laid. And so we kind of know about when they're gonna hatch. For most sea turtles, it's around a couple of months or so. And so we will have volunteers that'll go out and they will um, watch for the sea turtles. They'll be on like hatch duty. They'll watch from the hatch and they'll take them down to the water. So that's that's a big, like I said, that's the biggest, riskiest time for the sea turtles Sometimes they'll even put a cage over the nest So that the sea turtles can't get away from the nest So that we can pick them up and take them all to the water And that they don't get picked off by like ghost crabs And all the different predators that will go after them One of the things though that you can do to help sea turtles Is let's say that you are staying at the beach during hatching season One of the things that's really important for sea turtles is finding the water. So historically, the way sea turtles find the water is they go towards the light. The brightest light is going to be the moonlight reflecting off the water. That's where the bright light's going to be. Little baby sea turtle, it's like the size of, you know, a quarter, half dollar or maybe even smaller. And so they have to find the water. They can't see it. They have to go by basically the brightest light. So if you have a hotel, if you have a street light, if you have something like that, that is brighter than the moonlight, the sea turtles might go the wrong way. So not only do they have to deal with predators getting to the water, but now they've gone the wrong way. They might get run over. They Even if they figure it out, then they got to go twice as far to get to the water. So if you're staying at the beach, turn those lights off at night. If you need lights for safety, use red lights. The red lights are not as bright to reptile eyes. And so they won't be distracted and go the wrong way. So that's another thing you can do to help the sea turtles, which by the way, if you're wondering how sea turtles are able to navigate the oceans because like they will go some of them will go hundreds of miles. Do you know how they do that? Do you know how they navigate the oceans? I don't. They use basically they use Google Maps. They that's have, what I do. They have waterproof cases. Yeah. No, no, that's not true at all. It's it's much more fascinating than that. So the earth Is basically a big magnet You know the North Pole and the South Pole Not just the place where Santa lives And penguins on the other pole These are named after Because the Earth is a big magnet There is a magnetic North Pole And a magnetic South Pole Which, fun fact, is not exactly where The geographic North and South Poles are So if you have a compass It's accurate enough If you're far away from the North Pole But if you get closer to it It's not very accurate anymore it's not as accurate as it could be. And the magnetic poles move on the Earth. They're not always in the same place. They're relatively in the same place. So.
1: That's not confusing at all.
0: No, not at all. But if you're a sea turtle, what is really cool is you actually have a sense that senses magnetic fields. And so sea turtles use magnetic fields generated by the Earth to navigate the ocean. That's really cool, right? That's really really cool. So that's another fun fact about sea turtles. Um, let's see another thing that threatens sea turtles. The only okay, other
1: th- can I go back to the beach?
0: I mean, it's yeah. it's like ten o'clock. You want to go well, back? to... Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, go back to the beach.
1: Yeah. So the other thing is, if you're playing on the beach and building sand castles or or moats around your sand castles or big holes. Um, knock those down and fill them in before you leave.
0: Yeah, that's a great that's great advice because a castle that a sand castle that we build is like a life sized castle to a baby sea turtle. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Which sounds hole, cool, right? But it's not because it's just getting in their way. And, and a hole in the sand that we dig because you know we're humans we like to dig holes. It's like the Grand Canyon. It's us and dogs like to dig holes. I don't know why, but we do. Fill those in. And and you know what I like to do? I like to walk the beach at night when most people have left. And if I see a sandcastle, I flatten it. Yeah. Now, don't do that if the kid's still building it or adults still building it. Don't like flatten. You know, they'll probably get mad if you do that. But at the end of the day, especially if you have kids, what a fun thing to do. Help save the sea turtles. Go fill in some holes and flatten some sandcastles. Like, kids will be all about that. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's a, that's a good point That's a good point The other thing that is kind of a danger We think that's going to be a danger to sea turtles Has to do with weather and, and global warming, climate change uh, For a couple of reasons One, just the temperature changes are going to change the, the ranges these animals can live in We've, We're already seeing a lot of animals where their, their um, ranges are changing For some animals, this is not a big deal For others, this is... Horrible Uh, This could impact sea turtles Sea level rise can be a problem Because those beaches where they're historically Nesting for generations They could disappear, they could change location This is going to be a problem Probably for some sea turtles The other thing is, along with Global warming comes something called Ocean acidification, which is Impacting animals that have To build shells Like clams and Corals and Other animals that are impacted by general climate change that sea turtles may eat or may be part of that ecosystem. So this is a problem for sea turtles, too. Of course, this is a problem for every living thing on the planet. So we need to we need to get that sorted or sea turtles will be the last thing we'll be worried about. But uh, but it is another threat for sea turtles.
1: So question for you. I don't know if you have the answer, but this says. Global warming could skew sex ratios, resulting oh, in more females.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So so okay, so for reptiles, several different types of reptiles, the sex of the animal is determined by the temperature that they incubate at. So for for my guys, the crocodilians, higher temperatures gives you males, lower temperature gives you females, and in the middle you get a mix. And that's a good that the way that they normally nest It gives them a good ratio it gives them the right ratio So with sea turtles it's the opposite Higher temperatures produces females Lower temperatures produce males And in the middle you get a mix So if you get higher temperatures You know people are like What's the big deal? Global warming It's just going to raise the temperatures a couple degrees Two or three degrees over the next You know 50 years, 100 years Or whatever uh, Well for a sea turtle population That could be That could be curtains Because you may end up With um, With the wrong ratio of animals So uh, It can be a problem Right I didn't know that Yeah Yeah And that's what it said right It, it was going to impact Resulting
1: the, in more females
0: Yeah So yeah. yeah So so that's Which you know I mean More females may sound good To some of us males But You've got to <laughs> have the right balance Of male to females Remember That only 10% of your nest is surviving. So if, you know, if, if 80% of your nest is females and only 10% of your entire nest is surviving, you don't have any males to fertilize those females, then your sea turtle population can go down really fast. So yeah, so that is definitely another problem for these guys. Anything else you want to talk about with sea turtles? Any other interesting things that, uh. That you want to mention about sea turtles?
1: Um, I mean, I really like sea turtles. <laughs> Just in case nobody knew that.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's, that's cool. I think a lot of people do. I think they're one of the more popular animals out there. So, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities in the cruising world to encounter sea turtles. Whether it be with a turtle excursion. Where you're going to help the sea turtles in Mexico If you're going to the sea turtle farm If you're uh, going on, on an excursion There just happens to be sea turtles there If you're snorkeling or scuba diving There are some, like I did one in St. Thomas That was the whole point of it Was to go and see sea turtles I would encourage you to take advantage of these But at the same time, you know, be respectful If you do see a sea turtle in the wild You should never touch it You should not approach it Um, you should keep a safe distance they may come close to you so you might get that good picture but you shouldn't surround it or anything like that you know let's be respectful of these animals so that we can keep them around for many many more years to come
1: cool
0: yeah all right well i think we've talked about as much about sea turtles as we can
1: you don't think we can talk about sea turtles anymore? I, I mean,
0: we probably could. We could talk about uh, the um, some of the ancient sea turtle species that were made the leatherback sea turtle look like a baby.
1: Well, that could go on for hours. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, then let's go ahead and wrap it up.
1: All right. On that note, let's head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day.
0: Have a fantastic week, everybody. Out there internet people So uh Really? I don't know <laughs> I just, just went for it um, Hey thanks for tuning in after the sounds and music and stuff played Yeah and, and so here's our thing for this week You know last week I think we said we were supposed to get Luna's cage Was that what we talked about after the music last week?
1: <laughs> we talk about Luna I think every single time
0: I mean you know why wouldn't we? She's wonderful. She's wonderful. And, Just and
1: she, ask Stacy and Gina. Yes. Or Mallory and Andrew. Or Mallory or us.
0: Or us. Yeah, we've seen her too. But, um, and she's become a morning lizard, which is weird. She yeah. used to get up at two. Now she gets up at seven something. I don't even know. She's up when Just we. Just
1: randomly the last two days. Yeah.
0: So I, I don't know what's going on there. But, um but yeah, we're waiting on her cage. It was supposed to be here last Wednesday, but the, the winter storm hath delayed it. We don't know when it's coming. It's been in it was in Illinois for like three days just sitting there. Yep. And now <laughs> it's in transit somewhere it,
1: it moved today though. It did move today. It, it moved, finally moved. It moved from from the same place in Illinois to a different place in Illinois. And then it moved to Tennessee.
0: Yeah. So it's definitely coming on a truck. We didn't know if it was flying or coming on a truck. It's coming on a truck or a very slow plane.
1: One that stops like...
0: Everywhere. Every two hours. It's not likely. Yeah. So we're hoping, we're hoping that we get it early this week because we have to be home for it. So it's a problem because I got a busy part of the week at work and they're going to be like really upset if I have to leave and get a cage. So. Yeah. Hopefully it'll come Monday or Tuesday and we'll be able to figure that out. But yes, Luna's cage is on the way. And then she'll be
1: able to move into her big girl
0: cage. Which she'll be very happy about. And she'll be able to sit out in the living room with us, which I think she'll enjoy quite a bit. Yeah. So there you go.
1: There's your your weekly Luna news.